Hey, I'm Matthew Ma, host of the Truth About Real Estate podcast, and today we are talking with Jonas Bordeaux of Duality. Jonas is here to help navigate the complex world of renting a home or apartment and build a foundation for financial health. Jonas draws on his experience as a renter, a landlord, to more than 100,000 people, and as the CEO and co-founder of Duality to bring pragmatic, new, and secret insights to renters and landlords everywhere. Excited to talk to you, Jonas. Matthew, I'm excited to be here. It's great to chat. Cool. Thanks for being on the show. And you know, I look forward to having this great conversation about your real estate background. You've been in business for and doing real estate for over 20 years mm-hmm. and have a really vast a dynamic outlook on real estate. And you've done a lot of great things in building this up. Um, first off, can you tell us more about what is Dwellsy and how did you get started on that project? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Dwellsy is the rental marketplace. Um, you know, what, one of the things that I identified uh, a couple of years ago is that um, Craigslist had been a tool that was broadly used across the country. 80, 90 percent of listings were on there. Um, but Craigslist died, uh, unfortunately, in the space. I might be a little overly dramatic to say it like that. But, you know, I was running a portfolio of about 60,000 apartments and we saw our lead volume, which was mostly Craigslist, go to almost zero from them. And they had been our highest quality leads. Um, you know, say what you will about Craigslist, but it worked. Um, and when that went away, it was a huge problem for the industry, a huge problem for renters. Uh, and so we found a Dwellsy to really fill that space uh, and provide that, uh, you know, similar kind of service, but on a much higher quality level. And rather than uh, Craigslist, which kind of has its own agenda, um, our agenda is to really help this marketplace transact effectively, efficiently, um, get great data and insights that uh, owners and operators can use to run their portfolio better and serve renters in an exceptional way. Um, so that's what we're doing at Dwellsy. We're the largest listing platform in the country at this point. Uh, over 13 million units list with us when they have availability. Uh, and our uh, use by renters is exploding. It's growing at a crazy rate, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to manage uh, those kind of um, challenges. So Nice. Let's talk about that too. But, so for example, like, you know, I've been an uh, investor, a landlord for many, many years. And yeah, I used to use Craigslist a long time ago. And yeah, I noticed a drop in that space. Like it was hard to get people to start looking at it. And I realized too, for me, in, for my location right now, I realized Zillow was one of the fastest ones in terms of just finding high quality renters who wanted to do the space. It was easier, quicker, had the tools necessary. Um, even in the same space, there was Cozy, which is now apartments.com. And they got into it too. And for me, I actually haven't heard of Dwellsy, to be honest. Uh, but I look at it now, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Which markets are you guys in? And like, which did, market did you start with? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's such a great question. I, I feel like uh, the the logical way to start this would have been to pick a couple of focus markets um, and grow from there. And, and that's actually what we tried to do. Um, but the reality of it is that uh, landlords are not necessarily focused on a specific market. There's a lot of um, big property management organizations. Uh, you know, we've got folks like Equity Residential, Graystar that have put their entire um, portfolios on Dwellsy. I shouldn't say nice. Graystar. We have, we have parts of Graystar. We don't have the whole thing. Um, but uh, residential Zudo, a bunch of others have their whole portfolios uh, on Dwellsy and, and they're all over the place. And so day one, when we launched, we actually launched as one of the largest platforms in the country on, on day one. And so we were in every market and now uh, it just gets better and deeper and broader by the day. Um, so we can serve any renter anywhere in the country very effectively. That's really nice too. And then, you know, when you started building this platform, what kind of challenges did you see between uh, the communication between the platform, the renter side and the landlord side and the management of this? And how did you guys simplify that process for everyone? Yeah. So, you know, there are a bunch of things that, that make it um, difficult for people to advertise their listings today. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, the property management software systems, the Entradas, the Yardies of the world, um, the, you know, Buildiums, Appfolios are, are really set up quite well to share um, listings natively out of those applications. The, the challenges arise on a couple of different fronts. One, you click a button with most listing platforms and you just get a call from a salesperson. Um, who's selling you a you know three thousand dollar a month package? Which you know if you're if you're renting single family homes, if you're renting anything other than a high end multifamily property, it really doesn't make sense uh, to be looking at those um, tools and, and using those. Uh, if you click the button for Dwellsy, uh, you just your listings just appear on Dwellsy. It's really straightforward. There's no contract. Um, we remove that. There's no salesperson that you need to talk to. It is completely free. So there's no cost that you need to factor in. And our leads are the highest quality in the business. So you don't need to worry about us wasting your time with an avalanche of low quality leads as some of the platforms out there do. Um, so it's a it's a great combination of things. We tried hard to remove all of the friction. Um, you know, other, other places where um, we've made some changes to make it work well is, you know, what, what your audience, I think, would be well aware, but a lot in the multifamily space are not aware is that most of the rentals in the country else are small format rentals. It's a single family home. It's a you know three unit building on the west side of Chicago. You know that kind of thing is um, is, is really hard to list on the existing platforms unless you want to spend a ton of money. Um, and you know we're able to um, take all of those properties and show them on an even footing with the large multifamily in a way that makes sense for the renters and renters can find genuinely what they're looking for. If they're looking for a single family home in the right school district, we can show them that. Um, whereas others are not really set up to do that. That's a good thing too, that you're actually looking at how to reduce the friction on your platform and to make it simple for, and the best way to use it, to find what you need as a renter, as a landlord, and yeah. just even as investors too, because for example, when you look at Zillow, yeah, multi-unit space for me, is not the simplest way to put it there. It creates frustration, right? And when you can get rid of all these frustrating items, it makes me want to use your platform more and more and more because as it becomes easier, your mindset shifts. Hey, anything I have now, I just put, I put it into all these. It makes it so fast, easy. I find good quality tenants. Tenants like the results. They get what they want. It reduces questions and issues I have. Like, hey, what school district are you in? Or what's the price range for the home? Or give me more details about the home. But if you can reduce that friction for them, they know what they want. You get higher quality leads, which is what everyone wants. And then you can identify. Because even for me on Zillow, some people message me like, hey, can I get that half price? I'm like, really and then oh can you tell me more about it but it's all there already and like you know like you try to get these you know try to have higher conversion rates and make it simpler to reduce the traction because yeah. when you get 60 or 100 people messaging you for one property i'm sorry i cannot answer 100 calls on the same day i try to but there's no way possible that you can answer all of it and that's great because the market you know de demand for the rental units is great and at, even at a high price point yeah. but then as a platform, if you can start reducing some of these issues, friction, timing, then it makes it simpler and better for landlords, investors to manage it. And if if your communication platform on that on Dwellsy, for example, especially when you have multiple units, yeah. if it's easy to manage, and if you have the next level, when you start having you know management services, the payment platforms, the ACH transfers, the background checks, and everything, all in one platform, like companies are doing now. Yeah. Um, it makes it simpler and now you're locking them into your ecosystem mm -hmm. so it becomes a natural habit now and yeah. then how do you identify and make it better to get more more quality leads for them to have a better way to gauge and even to meter where their rental unit is at in comparison to other units 
and how mm-hmm. the performance is. So if you start adding performance metrics into the for investors, then they know, hey, I can just look at this platform as a secondary vehicle to say, hey, if I'm going to invest in a new area, I can actually look at Dualsy, for example, to run my rental comps and mm-hmm. figure out which is a good market to be in and how fast yeah. is the conversion. And hey, should I invest in here too? So I actually look at that too as a secondary note from an investing standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that you bring up a bunch of really good points. Um, the, the, the data is amazing. Um, we have we have a, a portfolio of data that's never um, existed before. You know, particularly in the small format space, um, where we really have uh, an unparalleled reach and an inventory, and the data that's coming out of that is amazing. You know, we just released um, numbers on you know single family home rents across the country, which, to the best of my knowledge, nobody's ever been able to do before, and we're doing. Um, so, you know, that data flow, um, is fabulous and is going to be a huge asset. We're actually uh, on the cusp of releasing a new, um, um, rent maps tool to allow people to look at rent across the country and markets, uh, across the country for different asset classes. So that'll be a, an iterative, um, effort. Um, but you, you make another really, really good point, Matthew, about the, um, the quality and the character of the, um, inquiries that you're getting, you know, I'll give you one of the very intentional decisions we made early on. I, I, uh, one of the, the hardest things I've ever done in my life was stand up a call center for my former employer. Um, whew, if you ever really <laughs> want to beat your head against the wall, try, try that one. Um, not easy. Um, but, you know, in the, in the process of, of doing that and hiring up, you know, 50 or 60 call center reps, et cetera, et cetera, I, I sat on a lot of calls, talked to a lot of renters, listened to a lot of people talking to a lot of calls. And one of the things that I took away from that experience um, is that a lot of the people we were calling who'd submitted inquiries didn't even know that they'd submitted an inquiry to us. And in many cases, yeah. we were spending 15, 20, $25 for each one of those inquiries. People didn't even know that they yeah. submitted an inquiry. Um, and, you know, it's incredibly frustrating for all involved. And, you know, you made the point about 60 to 100 people responding. Like, you have a great listing. You have, you know, a three-bedroom house in the suburbs of San Francisco right now. You know, day one, your inbox is full mm-hmm. uh, with inquiries and your phone is ringing off the hook about that. And how do you manage that? And one way to manage it is to have a great quality listing that shows all the information. So people are like, oh, it's not the school district I want to be in, or, oh, they're not going to take my Husky, you know, whatever the thing might be. If you're really clear on all of that, it really trims a lot of the looky-loos and people who might be, um, you know, need questions answered to find out if they're good candidates for your place. And then the next thing is uh, to really actually put a couple of hurdles in front of the renter making their inquiry. You know, if you want to submit an inquiry via Dwellsy, you need to verify who you are and that you're a real human. Um, And then you need to go through a multi-step process to submit the inquiry and express interest to the landlord in a way that provides the landlord with good information uh, about you as a qualified renter for the place. And nobody is going to go through that process and not know that they've submitted an inquiry. (laughs) If you're going through our process, you've submitted an inquiry and, you know, the, the data pans out, you know, we've gotten multiple um, reports from multiple partners at this point reporting that Dwellsley is their highest quality lead source by a significant margin. And that's the name of the game. That's what we tried to build from the beginning. So it's really nice to see it working in the way it's intended. That's, that's great to hear that too, because like I'm actually a tech guy too. So I look at this, these platforms and I see like what's, what's going on, how that works and what works. And then as you watch it grow, you're like, okay, this is actually a great company who's building something really valuable while others are still struggling to grow. And then you start seeing different dynamic ranges of what other companies are doing. How can you incorporate that into your platform in your style and make it work 
efficiently. So mm-hmm. when I think of like Dualsy, for example, I think of like, okay, let's say you're talking about rental market updates. You know, people look at a uh, rental meter, right? Look at that mm-hmm. website and they try to uh, look at the rents and compare it. But if you already have that built into your platform, then it makes it even better. The next yeah. people thing people look at too is, okay, from a landlord perspective, you know, if we're not, especially small mom and pops, we're not using Appfolio, for example. Okay, are you looking at Buildium? Are you looking at Cozy, Apartments.com, Zillow as a just general basic? Can yeah. one platform actually have this and host it? Like even for Zillow, they're not using a property management system inside. Like Apartments.com has it where you can actually say, hey, tenant, let me file a request for maintenance. Let me get all these issues, insert some pictures. Mm-hmm. How do you log and detail it, keep track of it? How good is the accounting on the PL side for landlords? And how can you make it simplistic, build a portfolio style system, but think of it as on a bigger play, you're taking all the data in, you're having renters, insurance, uh, having the landlords there, and then you have one platform to encompass everything, but your company becomes more of a data play company, which can house all the data for the rental side, knowing the market, each market segment, knowing the rental income for each housing, knowing the job income levels of each person. And then on the investor side, you know, their portfolio, what they have, what's working, what's not their performance numbers. And then even going further, you tie in vendors. Okay, insurance agents. Hey, insurance, we know these properties are paying X amount. You guys can do it better. State Farm, Farmers, whoever. Mm-hmm. Come in, advertise in the platform to support these people and have it targeted too, directly targeted to people who actually need it and do a price yeah. comparison, say we can beat it. Then that yeah. goes further, right? And then yeah. on a higher level, you can take it to investor syndication play. Mm-hmm. Know your markets even better. And yeah. then know which ones to go into and which ones to buy and how the rents perform over the last historic data, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Matthew, this, uh, you know, what, what we're doing here is we're not trying to be property management software. You know, all the yeah. folks you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, great folks. We, we work with all of them. Um, and, you know, I know firsthand, I, I have a friend who's trying to build a property management software system. That's really hard work. All, all of those successfully done that have, have my admiration and, and respect. Um, it is, it is a hard thing to do. We are not doing that. Uh, we yeah. don't need to replace any of those systems or, you know, try to build ours into theirs or, or vice versa. You know, we see what we're doing as Dwellsy as being that universal front end, um, that can be leveraged by every renter every landlord. And then we then turn over to, you know, landlord in choosing Appfolio or in choosing Buildium or in choosing whichever platform they're going to choose makes a very intentional decision about how they want to run their business by choosing that partner. Mm -hmm. And we want to honor that and respect that and let them run their business in the way that best suits their goals and, and strategies. Um, And, and that means partnering, you know, in in an effective manner with those organizations to provide them with great data um, and great analytics that mm-hmm. complement what the property management software partners are able to do. Because, you know, there is a marketplace dynamic by which it makes sense for everybody to be transacting in a single place. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not two LinkedIn's, for example, there's one LinkedIn. And the, the reason for that um, is because there's huge value to everybody being in one place. And it's the same in this space. Mm-hmm. That's what we're aiming to build. Um, whereas with property management software, there's always going to be lots of competition in that space. And that's the nature of it. Yeah. Um, we really want to be that that front end universal experience um, that can then work effectively with everybody across the ecosystem. I agree. I think that's the smartest move there, becoming the ecosystem in the, the, the main platform of it, and then using your APIs to connect with all of them, sharing the data o- across each other, and then simplifying it. For me as an investor, 
I want my stuff simple as possible. I want to be on one platform. I don't want to deal with multiple platforms. I already have enough things to deal with. When you think about all the communication channels you need, like you need marketing channels, you need sales channels, you need project management, you need investment syndications. You need so many things you have to do. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, it's like, how do you manage all that in a day? Like everyone wants one shop, but I, I understand too, as a tech person, you can't have one platform that does everything in life because it doesn't make sense. You can only focus on your core beliefs and values that actually provide massive results quickly. So for you, that side of what you chose is actually the best one I would choose too in that and just connect with those guys who partner because everyone's different, runs a different style. But the easier you can make it simplistic for everyone, like Apple, like Tesla and those companies, then the better it becomes, right? Yeah. That's the major thing. Like how simple can you really make it? Because it's so complex to make it so simple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that that is an oft-repeated mantra. You know, it's uh, a hundred different ways of saying it. You know, I I didn't have, what's what's the old saying? I I didn't have uh, time to write a a short letter. So here's a long one. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Making things simple and elegant is amazingly challenging. And I, you know, we just had a a team meeting with a bunch of uh, demos from our engineers and you know, I think 80% of the focus is actually on removing stuff mm-hmm. from the site, simplifying the experience, really boiling it down to its essence so that folks can have a you know, quick, efficient, um, high quality experience and really get to what they need, which you know, if you're a renter coming to Dwellsey, you want to find your place. You want to be able to see what's new since the last time you were there um, and be able to find that place that meets your needs. Um, and you don't want to have to talk to a landlord who is not going to take your dog or is, you know, doesn't have enough um, space in the place for your family or, or whatever you know, specific need you're, you're trying to fill. They're busy, too. Um, they want to make good use of their time, uh, same as landlords. And, you know, on the landlord side, like, you know, we all uh, having been in those shoes myself for most of my life, um, you know, we all want to um, make efficient use of our time and, and, you know, do things that make sense. And we're we're facilitating that as best we can. That's good. I would say this from a QA perspective, I would talk about, okay, as a new profile, being a renter, how long would it take me to sign up, be, create my profile, do set up my search and find the right properties? And within that time period, what percentage of properties would I actually find that match, match my criteria regardless of price range? And within that, the information that I provide to the landlord side, is it effective for them to actually make a decision without first seeing me? for example, right? But qualify me enough to say, hey, I want to see you. And what's a qualification percentage rate of people who apply, people who qualify, and then for the landlord, how long does it take them to do everything to get them into the lease signed? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, on our platform, obviously it it varies to some degree depending on how the renter moves through the process and how they want to experience the site. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can be registered and and verified on Dwellsy within 10 or 15 seconds uh, from coming to the site. Um, you can be finding properties and submitting inquiries within another minute or so um, on the site. So it is it is efficient. But as mentioned before, we have introduced a couple of very intentional hurdles um, to make sure that those, um, you know, that process is intentional on the mm-hmm. renter standpoint and that there's enough um, steps in that process to make sure that the information is created. So, you know, we share information with landlords from those renters that it can be depending on the renter's submission as basic as, um, you know, here's my name, email, uh, phone number. Um, and it, then the, the uh, renter can actually choose to add a bunch of additional information about pets and income and credit score and other things like that, that they might want to share with the landlord at their option. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, different landlords have different, um, have different specs on what they're looking for. Um, 
in terms of, you know, whether somebody's qualified or not. Uh, and it's up to them to reconcile that with the inquiry that's coming in. Um, but we generally find that, you know, we're hearing from our partners that Dwellsy's leads are translating to tours at roughly one in three rate. Okay, um, that's really good. Which in my experience is a, is a great number. Um, you know, the best I'd seen previously in my, in my former life was one in four from another um, platform out there. Um, and most of the other platforms were worse or significantly worse than that. I've seen one in 200, which is... <laughs> that's hard. That's hard to swallow because that's too much work for a, a lender. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I, you know those, those who are in the larger multifamily world know that the front office loves lead volume. Um, yeah. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, one of, one of my responsibilities at Essex was running marketing. And I know we, we turned off one of our lead sources that was generating a huge number of low-quality leads. Um, and the front office was really concerned and, and justifiably, you know, they used to wake up in the morning with 20 or 30 leads for a given apartment. And now it got cut in half. And they're like, well, wait a second. How do you expect me to still close these, um, these rentals with half the lead volume? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, we, we've eliminated the chaff and now you just have the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that should make it actually much easier to close, um, your, your rental on that place. Um, but you know, it, it takes a little while for people to get used to that. Um, focus on higher quality. Yeah. Even then too, I was, here's another, even another input. Imagine if you had all that lead flow coming in as a, a landlord and you were a agency, a property management company, and now your, your platform dwells, you had that it ties into the CRM it, or it can API integrate to their CRMs, but you can actually pull all this data now and they can start marketing to those people in the future for upcoming new listings, uh, new leases and build that platform. But that's a CRM platform side of things, right? Where you're giving, shoving all this data of sources, potential tenants in the area, you know, the income levels, you know what they're looking for already. And you build that into the CRM for them. And then they can use that as another lead generating pipeline off of your platform. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, you know, I have really mixed feelings about CRM. I'm sure we could go um, super deep <laughs> that if we wanted to. Yeah. I work with CRM companies too, and I help them QA their stuff and like beta test it. And I see what yeah. they're doing. It's fun. It's and, a lot of work. There's great platforms out there. You know, you think about, um, you know, knock or funnel or, um, uh, you know, any of the, the big property management software companies in Trotta and, and Yardi, et cetera, all have those as well. Um, I'll have, uh, you know, CRM systems built in as well. And I, I, I'm of two minds because on, on one part, um, yeah, of course it makes sense to stay in touch with these folks, to know who they are, um, and be able to, um, you know, potentially rent to them again in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the flip side, like we're not selling shoes here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's 46 million rental units across the country. Virtually everyone is unique. And each renter in each moment, their needs are also unique. You know, maybe since you rented last time, you got a dog or you got married or you had a child or you're, you know, you're working in a different city or whatnot. The odds, you know, and we saw this when I was at Essex, the odds of renting a second time to a renter, even for a landlord like Essex, I think I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but I think we had two or 3% of the inventory in the Bay area. Um, as an example, we we're one of the largest um, landlords in the Bay area, even in that market where we had as much consolidation as anyone in the space, we were not renting multiple times to people. And it wasn't because they didn't like us or we weren't doing a good job. And we were getting great reviews from our, from our uh, renters for the most part. Um, but it's just people's needs Mm -hmm. don't necessarily foot with um, the organization. You know, I might buy the same pair of shoes over and over and over again. I'm not necessarily going to rent from the same landlord over and over and over again. So um, yeah, 
I, I struggle with figuring out the right CRM approach in this space in the way that makes the most sense for like exactly. invest in yeah. new systems. And I agree with you too. It is really hard. And the reason I talk about it too is because, for example, there's some really good rental agencies in San Francisco and they, mm -hmm. they thrive off the database. And I asked them about it and they said, well, here's how we do it. We have this huge database of all the renters in the Bay Area that we know in our market. And we know the income levels. We know the price ranges they're looking for in general criteria. But how they build it is a relationship business with these people. Like, okay, they have newsletters, they have events, they have uh, rentals, and they, they know when the for example, certain time periods in the year, they blast out to all the people and say, hey, I have a new par uh, property on the market, but I'm targeting certain people who are looking for this style home. And we know the chances are really slim that they're going to want to move again. And even as a rental agency, I don't want, if I rented you one space, I don't want to take you from that space to another space. But they try to look at it too as, okay, well, I have these new opportunities coming up. They're high price points. You know, do you guys here's here's what it is and then feel free to take a look at it but they find that their database is helping them get renters quicker they can do it showings within 15 30 minutes highly qualified know who wants it and then see it and get chosen within a day you know to do it so they're basing it that way but that's really specific right it's not what your company is focused on you have right. but you have the data source of it yeah yeah and i, I you know i think you, you you you've highlighted a a um a very specific place where there is um you know, there are these, and, and there's certain markets across the country where um, there are these rental listing sites. You know, I think about Austin, Texas or Chicago, um, where there are, um, you know, brokers, for lack of a better word, who um, are basically building relationships with long-term renters and serving them over time. And it's a very different perspective mm -hmm. than if you're a property manager or a landlord, where you're, you're worrying about filling your asset mm -hmm. uh, and making sure your asset is filled. And the the if you are a um, if you are a uh, a broker, um, the odds of you being able to serve that renter are much higher mm -hmm. than if you are a landlord um, with only your own portfolio. If you're yeah. a broker working with many many landlords and you're focused on the needs of of a set of renters, um, then CRM makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, exactly. And for your company, I would tell you to skip that part of it because it's not your main focus, yeah. but just the idea of so the whole platform and how it works for different people. And yeah. for me as a, like a sales agent and even helping leasing on high-end listings, for example, one way for me to look at it is this. If I had a listing of uh, a database of all these renters who are looking and they're at a high price point, I would ask them, hey, unfortunately, this house has already been taken, but have mm -hmm. you ever considered buying a house instead? With this amount of money, you can actually pay for a house at this price point, right? Would you consider that? And then that becomes a huge new database of potential renters to buyers. Yep. Yep. But that's not, you know, for you guys, I would say your, the main focus, of course, is helping landlords and renters and making it as simple as possible for both sides to have as least friction as possible yeah. and to have better conversions. Like some people ask me, oh, can I have a dog there? Yes, no. What weights and things like that. But if it's already filled into the profile, it will automatically disqualify them. Okay, I have a hundred pound dog that doesn't fit in this small space. Then yeah. that's impossible. Don't, don't need to ask me. Yeah, exactly. So, See, everybody that's right of, of knowing. Yeah, this is, you know, if I could do a little PSA. Landlords, please, 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 please include your pet policies in detail in your listings because the amount of time that is wasted, 65% of renters have pets. And the amount of time that is wasted by all involved as they try to figure out who can take their dog. You know, like I talked to somebody the other day with a golden retriever. It was an 80-pound golden retriever. I think that's a big golden retriever, but it's like, you know, breed that everybody loves, you know, should be the friendliest breed, but it's a big dog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were having real trouble finding a place because of the weight of the dog.
if the dog had been a 70 pound dog, they would have been fine in most cases, right? But because it's an 80 pound dog and there's a 75 pound weight limit in a lot of places and they didn't want to lie and, and fudge the, um, the weight number there. So um, they were in a pickle. And, you know, dog to go on a diet. <laughs> and, and if, you know, if people are, if, if property managers, leasing agents, um, landlords are, are specific about um, what they're looking for, then everything gets so much easier. Um, leads are higher quality. Um, you spend less time sorting through the chaff and, you know, renters can respond efficiently with their time. Uh, and it's just, it works better for everybody. So, you know, I see these listings go by and it cracks me up because sometimes, you know, you can list it on Dwellsy with as little as, uh, you know, a price point and address um, in a couple of grainy photos. And I see some listings go by and they often get a ton of inquiries and like all the renters are just like, can you tell me more about your place? Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's a waste of everyone's time. Uh, yeah. It's really frustrating. You put it, you know, you put together a, and do a little more work up front, put together a really detailed listing. You get much more efficient use of your time. So couldn't you do this? If you think of, Think about that from a platform platform perspective. Mm -hmm. What if on the top of it, you had a little note or icon, like I click on it, note, or something in display where not popping up, but in display, the saying something like, okay, based on statistics, we know if you were to fill in the information about dog requirements, your likelihood to re reduce your, the amount of chaff in there is 10%, 20%. You know, in, in lead time, right, and saving this time, or if we, yeah, the weight classes, anything that creates friction. If you can say, landlords, if you, the more you fill this out, the better chances to get higher quality leads faster, to reduce the time saved. Time saved is the most important for us. Then more likely they'll do it. But if they don't think about it, they don't realize it, they don't know, they just submit it, right? But if you can kind of give them some kind of nice warning, like say, hey, fill out the description, fill out information about this, and give them guidance, right? And even examples, because some landlords, I don't know what kind of description, I don't know how many, whatever, but the easier you can make it on your platform, the f faster they can fill it out, then it, the better it will get. And if they can save templates or reuse templates for future too, it makes it easier. Yeah. Because some landlords are newer, they don't know yet. Yeah, no, 100%. In our platform, um, you know, we have two routes to listing with us. Uh, one is through the property management software. Um, and the other one is direct listing with us. And that's for, you know, people who have a small volume of, um, of units. You know, I used to be a landlord in Chicago. I had eight units um, that I rented out. And it's, you know, so every couple of months I'd need to lease a unit. Um, and that dwells a direct listing process is really built for those folks. And you can, um, we prompt with all kinds of information that helps them improve their listing as well as um, save the listing over time. So if it comes available a year later, two years later, you can just relist with the same information as a starting point. Um, so that's, uh, I completely agree. The, the, the challenge in the, the feeds is that we don't have, uh, the ability to push, re you know, requirements up the feed mm -hmm. other than some really basic things. Like you got to have a price point, you got to have an address that, that verifies, um, we've got to know that you're a real company. You know, there's a bunch of other things like that, that we're looking at. Um, but, um, you know, being able to ensure good pet policies, um, is not something we can do today. You know, the, the other thing is that, that um, it on what you just said, is uh, there's this negative feedback loop of, wow, I just put a whole bunch of effort into my listing and now I'm getting a lot less leads. Yeah. And, and it's like, kind of makes people's heads explode a yeah. little bit because wait, isn't more leads better, right? And, and it's not because you don't have, you know, if you go out to try to rent an apartment, it's not like you have 10 other apartments that you can rent to that person in that situation. If you're a landlord property manager, like you've got the one that you're trying to rent, maybe a big community has a handful of them. Um, 
but everybody except the lease up doesn't have a whole slew of them. So if you're getting a ton of low quality leads, it's a waste of everybody's time, but that's not the way we're wired. We're mm -hmm. all as human beings wired in kind of a more is better way. So you're like, wait, I, I'm doing a bunch of work so I can get fewer leads. Why would I do that? And we're trying to educate people and trying to get them uh, familiar with, um, you know, how the, you know, kind of inner workings of people's mindsets work in this situation in ways that they can use their time more effectively. Um, but there's a bit of an uphill battle there because of that, you know, negative reinforcement. I think there's a way to solve that. So if, think about this. If you look at Redfin and you look at the data, like when you see people say, oh, this is a hot home, it's favored, mm -hmm. it's viewed this many times. Yeah. What happens if you could actually take the same data source, right? In general, this property you have on, on Dualzy has this many views, but because you add it in the pet policy, which it automatically disqualified this many leads. So yeah. therefore you have this many remaining leads, right? So you can actually show that in a display. If you show that into property profile, it yeah. shows, okay, number of views or potential views or actual views that would have happened. And then the views that disqualify leads because of the pet policy is yeah. the, the reason why you have this many leads, but these are high quality leads now. You show the conversion rate. Yeah, it's so, a really good idea. We've, um, <laughs> that would be a good um, approach to use. You know, one of the things we talked about is having a, you know, uh, uh, listing quality score and yeah. then also, an, an inquiry quality score, you know, which gets to how many people are looking at yours and, and, and ironically not inquiring yeah. right? um, because, you know, and, and why are people not inquiring or, you know, is, is it a high quality listing, which is great. Mm -hmm. And you're getting a, you know, and you're eliminating a lot of possible um, inquirers as a result of the quality of your listing. Um, that's good. Is it a low quality listing and you're getting lots and lots of people inquiring uh, because it's a low quality listing, that's a bad situation to have. Uh, yeah, being able to provide a you know kind of blended metric on that front would be a good thing to do. So yeah, if you can provide that, because as a, as a landlord, I don't know what what's happening on your platform on the back end. But if you give me transparency on how I can improve my results, show yeah. me higher quality leads, then I'm more likely to do it, right? But if I don't know, I just assume, okay, well, it's either the website. It's not me, of course. It's never me, right? And it's not my description. It's not my, my cell phone yeah. photos that look dark. It's the website. So, but if you give transparency saying, hey, in comparison to the general market in your area is hitting this average price point per foot, this many, this rental amount, and this many views, but yours is not, or it's doing better. Here's yep. why. So like, for example, you think about other platforms like mint.com and how they do financial data, right? If you did yep. that on the rental data side of things for landlords and even for renters, okay, you can do that. And then when you look at these data points, it makes it, okay, well, I love this website. It tells me everything about my listing. Okay, I see my photos are actually not that good or my price is too high mm -hmm. or my description doesn't make sense and I'm getting all these low scores. So the more you can put into that while making it simplistic again, yep. then the better that people want to keep using and referring more people to to the, to the platform. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, on the roadmap for us. So mm -hmm. uh, it'll come in time. Uh, but as, as you know, from your experience in the tech space, uh, there's always more development needs than you have developers. Uh, so um, we've, we've focused up front on marketplace health and getting people on the platform and um, making sure renters can find great stuff they're interested in and the listings look great and professionally represent the landlords. Um, we do need to build out the platform as you described to make sure that uh, landlords can access the information uh, to help them make better decisions. So it'll come. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of engineering where people don't realize how much work it is. Because for me, it's easy to just tell you everything, but for you to do it, it's actually a lot of work to do it to make it happen. But at least yeah. roadmap, you're running Scrum or Kanban and you're breaking down everything, you know, and doing your sprints. It gets yeah. a lot 
fun and it becomes fun and you focus on the high quality things that matter the most first. And these other things are just, you know, like the MVP, right? Minimal viable product that works fast and creates the, the hockey puck stick up. But the back thought of it is the ideas over time will improve, create better retention, create better opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the yeah. fun part of it too. Another yeah. thing that popped in my head too, for a landlord perspective, like if you think about like match.com, okay, how does it, it's like a dating site, but for example, renter and landlord, how do you make a match? How do you find the perfect fits? How do you do it without discrimination? But how do you make it sure that you're getting high quality leads to have good credit scores minimums? Because even people before submitted me really low credit scores that would not make sense financially for my landlords. Okay, well, you know, but you're asking me to hope the opportunity but at the same time, when I get 100 leads inside, it's really hard and I'm filtering everyone out to try to find quality leads that match, then that saves time too. But like, or even another part, you have great credit scores, you have great income, everything, but really you would tear up the house, you know, having rental profiles, having testimonials or reviews, but that's hard too, because, you know, do they really want to show that renters don't want to see that review side of things? Okay. Yeah. I tore up this house. I didn't get my security deposit and I damaged everything, but I don't want the new landlord to know because I won't have a place to live. Right. Right. So you yeah. Figure that out. Right. And the reference yeah. side of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, figuring out the reviews um, mm -hmm. aspect of this yeah. world for, for both sides, um, you know, not just the, the landlord and knowing what they're getting into with a new tenant, um, but also for the tenant, knowing what they're getting into with the landlord, you yeah. know, I can tell you having, um, you know, done battle with Yelp and, and Google um, as the property manager, um, it's, you know, all of the systems as we know them today are set up assuming a large volume of experiences, right? So if you have a, a Yelp um, site for a restaurant, um, they could serve 100 guests a night, 200 guests a night. Every one of those people could write a Yelp review. So you're going to end up with a review and rating that is pretty close to what people can expect because you get enough volume of visits. Um, if you're a landlord who has you know, a half dozen, a dozen properties, um, you're only going to you know, transact with a couple of people a year. You're only going to have a couple opportunities to surprise or delight or disappoint people um, in the course of a year. And people are going to go to social media and, and uh, recommendation um, sites when they have a problem or when something is extraordinary and, and really not in between. Um, so, you know, most landlords struggle with reputation management. It's really hard uh, to do, particularly small scale ones. So it's one of those things that we have been extremely careful and we yeah. haven't attempted to do anything in that direction. Um, because ultimately, you know, lots of folks are, are landlording doing the very best they can. They might have a disappointing experience with a tenant that has 364 great days of tenancy and one nightmare day. You know, the water went out on Christmas Day and oh, my God, you know, the landlord couldn't find a plumber. And, you know, it was awful and it was awful for everybody. There's nothing that could have been done. But somebody, you know, flames uh, on, a, on a review site and that's a problem. And we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, that we have, you know, a truthful, honest uh, representation of what's actually happening in the situation um, when we do get there. Um, and so we may get there at some point. We may not. We'll try to figure that out in time. But uh, I know everybody wants to know what they're getting into on a qualitative mm -hmm. basis with people um, on both sides. And it's, it's a hard need to fill. Yeah, I agree. It's super hard. It's like what they say, like, it's easy to get one, one really mean uh, response versus getting seven good responses, like, you know, one in seven, right? The chances is, is you always, you never get the good 
good reporting, good testimonials because people yeah. don't have time. They don't want to do it. They're just like, oh, it's good and whatever. I just don't deal with it. But you know, it's so so easy to get a negative response. And it, it could really be the renter or it could be the landlord. But, you know, it's not fair perspective to put it to, into things because you don't know both sides of the story. Yeah. Like there's some really, really picky tenants and there's some really bad tenants. But there's some great, amazing tenants too and great landlords too who take care of everything. And there's some bad ones or busy ones who can't manage everything. And they're maybe older or out of the area. We don't know. But how do you make it fair? That's really tough to do. Yeah. One, uh, one secret that I learned along the way is uh, whatever review set you want to be getting reviews on, everybody loves your maintenance folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the maintenance folks show up to fix something, everybody's happy uh, with that experience. And so uh, giving, you know, maintenance leave behinds that, uh, ask, that asks people to review at that moment, um, your likelihood of getting a good review is like 95% at that point, because usually the maintenance person has resolved the issue that the renter was facing and whatever they may think of their landlord overall, they're usually pretty happy to see the maintenance person. So if the maintenance person asks them for a, a review, um, it, your odds of getting a good one are, are high. That's very true. And yeah, because they're the ones solving it, unless they do a bad job, some, some handyman, but then the professional ones can do a good job. And yeah, they're making them happy at that time period. So the reviews go up for them if they ask for it, but most people don't ask for it either. Yeah. Yeah. So ask, that's the moment to ask right? That point or right after they sign the lease. You know, that's the, that's the happiest and most excited they're going to be at the play, about the place is they've just signed the lease. They're really excited about their new place. That's another great point uh, to ask for the review, but asking for the review and not just waiting until somebody has a bad day and writes a review uh, <laughs> is a much more effective strategy to manage your reputation. Another point too, you just mentioned too, you know, leases is another part of the whole ecosystem too. Like, okay, what kind of leases are you using? Are you using standard leases, your own made up leases, using um, association leases or like realtor leases, like CAR, NAR, and like um, like local associations like SFAA, apartment Mm -hmm. building ones. And then doing it across multiple states, everyone has different locales and different um, city government issues to deal with. And then how do you handle that um, for liability reasons, you probably let the landlord and tenant just deal with them themselves off the platform. So you don't have to be a part of it. If you add the e-signature within it and you do it, then it helps make it a little streamlined. But at the same time, you know, how do you define the different lines of legality between it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a daunting thing. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it, it's a really good point. I, you know, it's funny at Essex. I, um, you know, my my old personal landlording business in Chicago was pretty straightforward. You know, everything was in Chicago. It was one lease that I used across my units. Um, in uh, when I was at Essex, we were at north. Of, we were north of fifty jurisdictions, uh, and each one required a unique lease. Yeah, uh, in each one, and we had we had leases that ranged in length from fifty pages to eighty eight pages. I think was our longest one, depending on the the local municipal requirements. Um, brutal brutal for everybody involved to try to maintain that many unique leases. That's yeah. incredibly difficult for us. Uh, I will say the property management software companies do a really nice job of integrating um, and providing local leases uh, in each market in some cases, um, not all of them. Um, so that's one route to go. And the local um, real estate um, agent groups or landlord groups also do a nice job of, of providing something locally. And right now we're actually trying to build um, broader relationship with landlord groups across the country um, to be able to support them and, and be able to you know guide people to using the tools they have available for their members. Um, and one day I would love to have a library of tools that people can use, um, but I, I can't even imagine how many leases we'd have to have we'd, you know, to serve every jurisdiction in the country. Yeah, too uh, many. Oh, you know, we're, you know, the data we're now producing is 440 metros 
um, across the country. And, and each one of those metros might have multiple jurisdictions within it. So you're talking about thousands of, of variations that are each changing on an inconsistent, irregular basis. Um, yeah. So oh. I think oh. the way I would handle that is that in your platform, I would just say, okay, let's do this. Let's have a way to have vendors come into the platform and be of, be of service and you can rate them like Yelp. You can rate them on our platform and get the reviews and they can advertise in it. But at the same time, they have to you know see the reviews in, ha- handle that and be one of the vendor partners you can work with. And at, from the landlord perspective, it makes it easier. Like, okay, uh, you guys have some trusted CPAs, you have trusted attorneys, you have trusted maintenance people, project managers, real estate agents who can help me buy, sell, lease it out, help me handle the lease agreements all on your platform. But that's also hard too because you're encompassing another vertical into that, another pillar. Um, mm-hmm. But it ties into a different revenue stream for you and ties into a revenue stream for them because now they can say, hey, you have th- hundreds of thousands of landlords here in my market. I can target and help them with my services if they need it and they can tie into it. But yeah. it makes it easier for rather than me going to Yelp, looking up everyone, seeing their reviews on their platform, talking to them, oh, do you use this platform or not? Yes, no. And how can we integrate it together? Yeah. Simple find yeah. the process for, for vendor services too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that gets that gets to where we were really um, hoping to bring Dwellsy in time, which is, you know, it is going to be that marketplace where everybody is transacting. Yeah. As to that, um, there are certain things that are super helpful for everybody in the ecosystem to be able to have access to. And if we can provide those, um, regardless of which property, you know, your, your lease isn't dependent on which property management software system you're using or, you know, how you're approaching the market. Um, you know, fundamentally, if you need to lease a property, you need a lease that is locally relevant and administratively practical um, and, you know, legal within your market. Um, and so to be able to provide those as a resource to people um, and be able to, to provide a channel for them to get the help they need, uh, I think will be really, uh, you know, a big part of our business in the years to come. Yeah, you, you can create like all these moonshot projects you to work on and like slowly break them all down and figure out which ones are the best ones to work on for the yeah. year. And that yeah. becomes a lot of fun because like even for like a, one of the CRMs out there I work with, I gave them even just as a, a paying customer and they knew my background in tech and QA, I gave mm-hmm. them 322 different line items, features, enhancements, bugs and everything within one year period. And they flew to my office multiple times like, wow, this is really good. I'm getting all this advice is basically how they built their platform to scale. I gave that perspective and like it just basically created a future roadmap for them to handle. And I think they did 80% of my request. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. So that was well, a lot of fun. Yeah. There's, there's nothing more valuable. I can tell you firsthand from, um, you know, the actual users of the platform providing input and help. Um, you know, there's no um, substitute for the actual user um, providing feedback um, with, you know, their deep experience with the platform. So good for you for doing that and good for them for, uh, honoring that feedback. And, uh, yeah. It was yeah. Nice. Let's talk about this too. So how do you find your next rental property? Like how do people find it? And what's the, what's the best tips that you recommend for them? You, you mean for, um, for, for renters. looking for, for renters looking for a place or for, mm-hmm. yeah. For uh, let's talk about both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so what we know about, um, renter, behavior and, and kind of the, the search process and how it works is the overwhelming majority of renters start at Google. Uh, that is the entry point for them. Um, mm-hmm. So figuring out how to meet them at that point um, is, uh, you know, for the landlord, really important, right? They're, they're starting off in the search. 
Um, depending on what they're looking for, they may or may not find what they're looking for there. If they can get to Dwellsy through that channel, which we're working on making it easier and easier for them to get to us, then they can generally find a wide variety of options that might suit them. If they find one of the, um, the pay-to-play listing sites, they're generally just going to be looking at high-end multifamily. And if that suits their needs, then great. If not, um, then they need to look at other things. So the next thing they do is they ask friends, they post on a social media platform, um, Facebook or others, um, and they go out and walk neighborhoods and look for yard signs. Um, Dwellsy's actually selling yard signs now, um, in part because, you know, we've been successful thus far by meeting people where they are. And, you know, if you're renting a place, a really efficient way to get locally relevant, high quality traffic is through a yard sign. Sounds old school, but it still works. And so, um, you know, that that is another way that people are experiencing just, you know, going to the neighborhood they want to be in and walking uh, the blocks and, and looking for places that might meet their needs um, is probably the number one way people are finding places today in this post Craigslist era. Um, increasingly, they will be using Dwellsy in the future. But, um, you know, at this point, we're building traffic uh, very aggressively, but not yet serving the whole market. So. Um, that's kind of the renter process. And then, you know, once they find something they're interested in, then it's a question of, um, you know, landlord responsiveness and, you know, questions of, uh, how they actually interact with that landlord, um, and whether or not the place makes sense. And, you know, what I usually tell the renters is you need to know within minutes, um, when something's become available, if you really want to be in the running to get it, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, 60 to hundred leads, that's not unusual, um, for a, um, single family rental or small format rental, it's not unusual at all to get that kind of traffic um, very early on. So if you're the 60th person who's inquiring about a property, like you need to move on. You're probably never going to hear from that landlord. Um, and you're definitely not getting the place. Um, so, uh, you know, you need to find out quickly. Um, and we actually have a product that helps renters do that, um, which is our Dwellsy Edge product. Uh, one of the features of that is they, they get instant text alerts um, when new properties that meet their search screen become available so they can actually be the first to inquire. Nice, nice. You should make a quick button too. So I just press on a button, it automatically inquires, automatically sends a template of what I want to say to them and my profile linked into everything to it. So it makes it easy. No, no, we are not doing that. Back to <laughs> what we talked about earlier. I know. Um, people actually knowing that they submitted inquiries. Yeah. Uh, we are not doing that uh, very intentionally because we want high quality inquiries. One yeah, of course. Um, but, but, you know, it does, it is quicker to inquire the second time on Dwellsy than it is the first time, but we still do introduce, and there are unique things about each place, um, yep. you know, and we give the, the renter the opportunity to express those things, but they don't have to tell us, um, the income range that they want to share with the landlord twice. Once we've got that, we've got that. And we can share that the second time without them telling us the second time. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the renter side. If I'm, if I'm a landlord looking for places, um, you know, it's, you know, really, you're talking about the MLS today um, as, you know, and, and working with your local broker um, to help you for most of that stuff. Um, we envision a future in which um, we can make a market on Dwellsy uh, for people to be able to buy and sell assets. Uh, yeah. But that's the line. That could be because you already know the data, the numbers for them. You can project it for them and even help them create an estimate, right? And then figure out, okay, here's a potential pool of investors who are willing to buy that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, do you, are, are you interested in selling your place? Do you want to get offers? Yeah. Um, you know, we already have a whole slew of people who've expressed interest in making offers on places. And so, yeah, that, that'll definitely be, you know, it's part of our uh, build strategy for the future.
Yeah, I like that. That would be really cool. I would love to be a part of that to see because, yeah, people want to buy, especially, you know, bigger places too in multi-units yeah. and they can see it. these numbers that you already have. You already know everything. Yeah. So what are the top five things that uh, renters are looking for when they're looking for a new place to move to? What are they looking at? You know, it, it's it's a great question, Matthew. And um, it's something that I see a lot of obsessing about, you know, what are the amenities of the year? Or what are people really interested right now? Um, and I can't answer that question because it is unique to every renter. You know, I have a friend who has two pit bulls. The only thing that matters to her is, will you take my dogs? Because the fact that she has these two beautiful dogs that are, you know, amazing, loving, wonderful dogs, 98% of landlords will not take them. Mm -hmm. Right. So the only thing that matters to her is, will you take my dogs? Right. Yeah. <laughs> For other folks, um, it, it's so it, it's so unique to the person and the situation. And then we see really um, random behavior. Like I, you know, I, I remember at one point renting a place myself where it was in the wrong location. It had the wrong space. The place had no clear windows, only frosted glass windows, but it had an 1800 square foot living room. And I was like, Oh my God, I could imagine myself throwing amazing parties in this space. You know, and I was at a point in my life where that sounded really great. And I rented the space, which ultimately turned out to be awful to live in. And no way I would have ever gone out looking for an enormous living room or put that down on a list. But ultimately, that was why I rented it was because it just felt like an amazing party space. Um, I think we ended up throwing, my wife and I ended up throwing one party in that place and that was it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that that was what won us over. And I feel like, you know, any, any you know, in the multifamily world, there's a bit of an amenities war right now and the, the the dirty secret is that nobody ever uses the amenities but they do help sell the apartments you know you mm -hmm. picture yourself using that gym um wow this gym there's nobody in here this is just fabulous i'd have this whole thing to myself and well yeah you'd have it to yourself but you don't actually go after yeah. you move you know yeah the pool is beautiful nobody actually sits by the pool right and exactly. you know so the reality of all these amenities is that they are massively underutilized um Smartest amenities that, that I, you know, we've always gotten the most out of in, you know, again, this is a large format community problem is really um, flexible open spaces. So, you know, you could have, you know, use a space as a yoga meeting space or as a, you know, a, you know, church group meeting space or whatever. You know, that seems to be the type of amenity that gets the most use um, in these uh, places. Other things can be massive investments and get really light usage. Um, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I like community spaces where you can have birthday parties, you can have host events, barbecues, and get get-togethers and other events. And then that's a really great space to utilize if they have that. People want to go there and hang out, and then yeah. they want to eventually live there too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that kind of flexible community space is is a great resource to offer. Um, I've also seen you know uh, co-working spaces do seem to be um, popular these days, particularly in our work from home world to be able to offer, you know, a space within the community that has, um, you know, great co-working capabilities. Um, you know, That's just, another upsell too. They can add to their portfolio, having a space where they can co-work in, in and creating that opportunity for them. hundred percent. Yeah. And if you, if you do it right, it's a revenue driver, not just a free amenity. Uh, yeah. Folks living there, you know, on a smaller scale, it's really, you know, it's, it's just about, you know, if you've got a three unit building or a single family rental, it's, it's really just about, you know, faithfully, honestly representing the place in the best possible light, you know, and, and knowing what the competitive um, characteristic of, you know, I have a, I have a friend who manages an 18 unit community that is, you know, candidly, not that great to look at, um, you know, 
formats are not that great, not that super useful. Um, but it's it's a block and a half away from a really vibrant restaurant district. And they just market the hell out of the fact that you can walk to um, great stuff from their place. And they do a really nice business with that property um, because they know what they've got. They know what they don't have. And they market the heck out of the stuff that is is really good about the place. One thing you can do too, if you think about that perspective on a platform base, if you have if you tie into a walk score for houses like that, the landlord can choose to add in or turn on turn on or off the walk score, the bike score, everything, and even turn on and off um, tie-ins to local restaurants, local schools, and everything like great schools like Yelp, other things, and have it in the platform. So I can see, hey, this house, I'm getting this location, I'm getting the school district, I'm getting this these nearby amenities inside it, and I can see all in your platform. It makes yep. it more likelihood I want to choose certain properties based on these uh, additional features. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's been a recurring question. We've um, we've tried a bunch of different uh, information overlays like that, mm-hmm. um, and and the irony is we, we haven't found that they've really materially um, increased engagement from renters. Yeah, or, or help renters really um, triage down effectively. Everybody seems to like it. But, you know, back to one of the things we were talking about earlier, just simplicity, yeah. um, keeping it really clean and staying focused on what what's important to people. I think people can genuinely like look at something on a map, be like, oh, yeah, that's really close to that downtown area. That's great. Or that's really close to the on ramp for the highway that I need to get on in order to get to my um, job or my school or whatever. Um, you know, people are very able to do that today, um, that kind of calculus themselves. Um, and providing overlays that provide that information. We just, we've tried a bunch of different things, including walk score, and we still keep playing with those. Um, but we haven't found the right mix that people are like, wow, this is really super helpful. And I don't know how to get this anywhere else. So we keep, we keep trying. Yeah. I think when I think about that too, I guess my question in my head, would be, yeah, what you said makes total sense. And I get it too, because I like simplicity. I like fast, easy. And then I would start thinking about, cause I think about all these different things. I would how does Airbnb do it? What do they? What overlays do they put into the system? Which one's working for them because they, they scale massively? Does it make sense to add it to your platform? That's probably my next question I'll ask myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they have done a fabulous job, and we um, we have a ton of respect for the Airbnb folks and, and what they're doing, and have um, you know looked at, at their approach for short term housing uh, on a lot of different fronts um, as a model. Uh, I agree with you. Um, that you know what they're doing often makes sense. Um, but it's funny, you know, they're, you know, getting the, getting the web app to work in a way, um, that is quick and responsive and whatnot, um, is, is a challenge. So the more you put in there, the more yeah. is on everybody's computers and the more, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, our dev team and I joke about this, you know, someday we will have Zillow and Airbnb level resources to be able to apply. Uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. So the fact that we are serving, um, you know, access to 13 million properties within milliseconds is uh, is pretty exciting and we need to stay focused on that core you know at, at the core what the renter wants is options mm-hmm. uh, being able to meet their need for options um and then help them triage down from there um that's that's the real core of the value proposition so uh, how do we then add things that help them triage more effectively um and help them have a better experience always what we're looking for what those are you know we just keep testing new things yeah, and I say that's definitely the way to go. Like when I think about Apple, stick to the core focus and make it really 
great experience first and foremost. And all these bells and whistles like Samsung had versus Apple, I like yeah. Apple more. It just simplistic works and I gets everything I need to get done. And it looks great and it's fast as hell. And yeah. I, don't, I don't have to deal with any issues. The more yeah. you add to it, the more issues you have to it, the more customization you have to it, the more I don't want to use it. Because yeah. time is valuable now, you know? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, cool. One last question too. What do you think going to happen in the rental market right now with 2022, 2023 and beyond? Like, what do you foresee um, with COVID without uh, hopefully in future becoming endemic, but what do you think the rental market is going to, um, going to happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, predicting the future is a bit of a mugs game, but I'll take my shot. Yeah. Just general. Uh, yeah. No, I, you know, like, look, I, I think all of the, the, the demographics that we are seeing, the, um, the demand characteristics, uh, you know, f- for example, over, over the past year, uh, single family home um, uh, rents nationwide are up 35 percent, 35 percent. Apartment rents nationwide are up three percent. Right? Massive bifurcation between those two groups. And I don't see anything changing on that. I see demand for single family continuing. Um, people are looking for more space. They're working from home. Um, COVID is still a factor. Don't expect COVID to go away anytime soon. Uh, we're going to be living with it for a long time yet, and it's going to influence people's preferences and decisions uh, for a while. So those kinds of um, you know infill assets that are transit optimized and used to be the very best stuff available from an investor standpoint, um, I think we'll continue to see um, them lag in favor of um, other assets where people have more space, um, control over egress, um, you know, your own door to the outside um, and some outdoor space for your pets to run around. Um, you know, that kind of thing is going to continue to be uh, disproportionately valuable. I think we're going to still see pressure, upward pressure on rents, in particular single family rentals. Um, so I think that space is going to continue to be favored for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, we've seen this massive trough and recovery, in particular in markets like San Francisco and New York. Um, but I, I don't know that we can expect that to push too much higher um, than where it is right now. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, we were seeing rents off as much as 40% in those markets as people exited the major markets and moved to secondary markets or just took shelter in, um, you know, suburban places or went and lived in their parents' house for a couple of months or years. Um, and as they came back, rent certainly came back, which was welcome for everybody in the space. Um, but I don't, I don't think that, there's that much more gas in that particular um, area. I think we'll, we'll see much more push on the single family side. Cool. Yeah. I look forward to seeing, yeah, watching it and see how everything progresses and always just keeping an eye on the ball and trying to find, you know, good deals for buyers, sellers, investors, and even for renters, try to find good deals out there. There's opportunity on both sides of things and just timing and needs are need based. Yeah. All right. How do people reach out to Dwellsy and learn more about being coming a renter on the rental profile side and becoming a landlord on that side? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Dwellsy is just Dwellsy.com, D-W-E-L-L-S-Y.com. Um, there's a quick link to list with us if you want to list your properties uh, on the platform. Uh, if anybody wants to chat, I'm Jonas at Dwellsy.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. Happy to chat. Cool. Thank you so much, Jonas, for being on the show. Um, Everyone out there, thanks for being on the Truth About Real Estate podcast, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Matthew.